Well, welcome to another edition of the Grazing Sheep Podcast. I'm your host, Big Tom Perkins, along with Dr. Cameron Miley. And today the question is, to creep feed or not to creep feed? It's a good question, certainly. Um, I think it it really depends what you're trying to do and kind of what your your operations set up for and and your goals for that lamb crop. Um, you know, do you take advantage of any creep feeding or in the past have you? We have not, um, but we just keep wondering if we're kind of missing out by not. You know, could we get those lambs a little heavier, a little quicker? To get them moved out you know we've got what well, a muslim holiday coming up i think it's a muslim holiday in june um it'd be nice to have all those ram lambs up to that weight that would be uh suitable for that for that holiday and have them moved out we keep wondering well if we were creep feeding you know we know they're going to gain a little more <clears throat> could we have them up to weight and moved out by that so that we didn't have to graze them all summer and wait till they'll fall to move them. Right. And I, I do wonder a lot of times kind of infrastructure set up, if you're lambing in a barn and keeping those ewes and lambs in that barn early in the season, uh, maybe it makes a lot of sense to do that, do that, uh, or take advantage of that creep feeding. Um, if you're out on pasture, I think just the ability to move a creep pen and have a feeder set up to hold enough feed for that many lambs could be difficult. I know there's a lot of guys using some advantage feeders that has a kind of creep bar or a panel set up on it to prevent use from getting into that feed. And I think that out on a forage-based rotation could be really beneficial. Well, that'd have to be on... I, I've seen a few of them, but I haven't paid that much attention to them. Um, they have to be on some kind of a skid so that you can just hook into them and drag them into the next the next paddock. Yeah, or, I believe, I believe they great. are. I know the big one has, um, and I don't know how much feed it would hold, but their largest model has an axle with wheels. So you can just hook okay. up and hook up and go. Uh, but if you're not investing in that out on pasture especially with what you're doing tom with a daily rotation where you're in a paddock for 24 hours and then you're moving uh, from that paddock to a new set of grass um, you know you've got to break that creep creep pen down and and move it with you every day and if you put 500 pounds in the the bulk feeder yeah um, it's not a fun thing to to move it's probably just generating more work uh, the big question you know what's your forage quality like out on that pasture can those lambs take advantage at, at an age in which they're grazing can they take advantage of well i, I think improved forage? i think the other the other thing that i'm looking at at this point right now is just the fact that we're not this is I don't know what towards the end of March now <clears throat> and those uh, that grass isn't going to be ready to go for another 45 days and so while I still have those uh, mamas and the babies all in tens maybe now I could, could be creep feeding 
to get them moving along. And those lambs would just be of the bigger weight once they finally did hit the, once they did hit grass. And then I also wonder if I shouldn't just wean before I go on grass and then uh, and leave those lambs in and just continue to just uh, grain feed them. Yeah, and I suppose if we backtrack, we didn't really describe what creep feeding is. We kind of go into it with the assumption that everybody knows what we're talking about. But yeah, um, I want to know where does the word creep come from? I know when I'm out in the world and people yell creep, I know what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a good question. I'm not sure in terms of, you know, origin of the word or where it came from. It's just kind of a, a standing term that in the sheep and goat world, if people are familiar with it, you know exactly what they're talking about. Well, see, I looked the- this up and it comes from the Roman creepetus which means to creep forward and sneak something without anybody seeing you. Really? Okay. Well, I just, made, which makes I just sense. made that up, but it sounds pretty oh, good. Oh, great. <laughs> well, you, you convinced me, and if we move forward knowing that that's what it is, it's exactly what we're hoping to accomplish with that mm-hmm. creep feeding, and that's allowing a space for those lambs to uh, separate themselves from mom. Uh, if if we're feeding a concentrated at set intervals in the day, you know that it can be an aggressive environment. So when we put feed into a trough and, you know, the ewes don't just meander their way over to it and uh, politely, you know, wait for others to, to take their turn. And so if you're a lamb and you're, you're needing to consume uh, that concentrate for growth, you know, milk, maybe not cutting it at this point. Um, it can be a, a competitive competitive environment. And so if we can limit some of that competition because that lamb doesn't stand a chance against adult use, uh, and provide an area for it to get away on its own, uh, to consume, consume that feed. Um, and ideally, that feed that we're going to provide to those lambs is going to be of a, a different quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, than what our ewes are needing at the time in which we're creep feeding. Um, so yeah, I, just your experience in the past with with some creep mixes or what you've used, um, do you have anything you'd like to share? Well, all we've been feeding is, uh, you know, those ewes are getting a pound of oats per head per day. And, you know, we're seeing, and, you know, we're feeding that when that mama's in a jug. And we've got day old lambs that are coming right up beside mama and nibbling at that oats. And uh, so now those older lambs, you know, they're are in, you know, much bigger groups with their mamas. And when we feed oats, those lambs will stand on top of their mamas and squeeze down between them <laughs> and literally hang upside down. They get a little nibble on those oats. And that's what really got me to thinking hmm, maybe I should be trying to do something different. Now, I don't have any way to, like, ration it out. So I I think it'd be something that we'd probably just take a, make some type of a creep area so that only those lambs could get in and out. And then uh, we're probably just going to make some bunks out of, you know, plywood and some tuba fours 
and probably just feed them twice a day. And it's probably going to be pretty much oats and uh, just because we have a good bit of oats. Once that oats is gone, we'll probably change over the cracked corn uh, and probably add some soybean meal in on top of that and just feed yeah. them just feed them twice a day. Yeah, that was something, you know, definitely growing up in the kind of the show sheep world or that side of the industry, uh, it was just kind of common practice. You never thought of not providing a, a creep area or uh, feed to those lambs. And so that's kind of carried over into the commercial uh, portion of the business now. And so, you know, we've, we'll establish pretty early on where that creep pen is going to be. Um, you know, a lot of made a lot of gates ourselves early on uh, a lot of just two by four, trying to get spacing right um, on those, those pens. Certainly you can go out and buy a, a creep gate uh, that would save you a lot of time and effort in building one. But we've got one now that we're pretty happy with that is just a model blueprint of, of what you would buy at a commercial gate mm -hmm. company. Um, and that's, you know, just using half inch, uh, round rod with PVC over the top of it and yeah. then drilled some, drilled some holes through some angle iron, welded a rectangular frame around the outside of it. And so now those pins, that round rod with the PVC is adjustable. Mm -hmm. So as our lambs, increase in size um we can expand that opening to get into that creep pin uh, and so i think that i know you know we were just just working through those lambs taking some weaning weights the other day and um had to you know move some of those pins uh to widen up some areas but the key is you know finding the size that works for those bigger lambs but those ewes are still you know not going to try to get in um because it's enticing you know there's feed sitting in there all day long and if a ewe gets in it's a good way to to kill one or really mess up a rumen for, for yeah. a couple of days um so yeah i mean we were that's, a, that's another worry i have about creep feeding is yeah. uh can you that I, I don't see how that couldn't occur in lambs as well yeah, and a lot of it is if you do it early on, you know, you're mentioning this, you know, they're interested at a day of age and it's probably less interest in the feed, the consumption of the feed and more curiosity in what mm -hmm. mom's doing. You know, they're designed to learn behavior from that maternal influence, yep. just like every other, well, a lot of other species, you know, humans included um and so if we can start that creep early on we're adjusting that gut uh to that creep slowly because mm -hmm. they don't go in at two weeks of of age and just chow down because they don't even know what it is yeah uh, you know they're learning and so once they kind of adapt to that their rumen's also adapting at the same time Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, but like you said, if you let that, the issue we'll see is if you let that creep feeder run out and we're offering full feed, 
we can see some issues with some pH in the rumen when we're feeding at kind of interval feeding of of large quantities mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to keeping that creep feeder full all the time. Um, and again, you know, it's a great way to to kill sheep is we've got them on a self feeder, you know, as much as they want to consume. And then we let them get hungry for a period of time and open up the gates and fill that creep feeder up. And they'll either, you know, kill each other trying to to get to that feed, um, climbing on top of each other, or, you know, they'll overeat. Yeah. And so that's that's certainly a concern. I understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, for us, it's more a matter of space. Yeah. So, you know, you had mentioned trying to get those lambs as as big as possible or to at least to a target weight by a certain time period. And for us, we found, um, you know, just marketing around Easter, not necessarily a Western or Christian Easter, but maybe a Greek Easter. And, and certainly those other Muslim holidays, those ethnic holidays take advantage of if I can get lambs on the ground in early spring, winter, and can get feed into them for where we're selling sheep at public auction there is value on uh composition and fat cover that i'd say our katahdins are probably more subject to criticism Uh, and so i feel that you know we've kind of improved our pricing raising hair sheep um that are fed versus the average hair sheep that that would show up to that public auction mm-hmm. uh, and so for us it's it's worth the investment um and it's a quick turnaround you know we're weaning weaning those use you know 60 70 days um you know 75 on the max end and then uh 60 days median age and a lot of that has been due to when we have to market those sheep. Um, and I know we're probably giving up some some growth, some free growth attributed from mom's milk, but um, yet peak lactations, six weeks. Yeah. So uh, at that point, we're already on the decline of of milk production. So I know, I, I know that I've at least captured peak performance in that U. Um, in terms of what her body will provide with a, a milk uh, being provided to those lambs. So, yeah, that's... I'm wondering, too, if we had a decent creep area set up when it was when it was time to wean those lambs, we can cut that grain off to those views. We can start feeding some pretty uh, dry hay older hay to those ewes to start drying them up and then that would still allow those lambs to be over in that area yeah and i think what you just touched on part of our creep area is making sure that we're getting not only that concentrate um but we're probably more critical on the quality of forage that we're providing Mm -hmm. because long term you know those ewe lambs we're going to retain and grow out. And so, you know, those ram lambs leave pretty early for that ethnic market. Yeah. Um, you know, those lambs are, 
when you when the ewes are eating, um, those lambs are up around that round bale feeder, chowing down. Mm-hmm. And what you had just mentioned, we might talk in a future episode on uh, you know weaning management and preparing for that. But if our hay quality needs to decrease or decline in order to dry those ewes up or assist in drying those ewes up, I don't necessarily want my lambs to be declining on their plane of nutrition. Right. And so even if I had an area where maybe I could feed some better quality hay to those lambs, as well as that concentrator or our oat or corn mix, um, you know, could certainly be beneficial. The big question is, do you have the space to sacrifice for an area specific to that? Yeah. So, well, getting back to the, the creep, creepest what uh what kind of a creep feed are you feeding yeah it's a good question i know if you go if you go to tractor supply and you buy their creep feed you're gonna be you're losing money right that's crazy expensive yeah yeah it's expensive and there's a lot of wheat mids and a lot of the stuff depending on what what brand and kind of level in which you're buying into um, so again, you know, touched on starting with a with a show sheet background, and we knew that long term those animals were going to remain on a and you know what we would consider a shiny bag feed. And so, um, you know, we're spending back then was still more money, but not nearly as exorbitant as what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would be very difficult. And I know there's people that do it. It would be very difficult to pay the money that you'd have to pay today when, you know, a a, a show feed or a, a creep feed designed for those animals, you know, is up over $20 a bag, yeah. which is insane. I mean, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the big question is, what are you trying to provide? So what, I'm trying to provide an excess of what they're already receiving is protein and energy. Uh Those are the two big things. And so it could be as simple as corn and soybean meal. Um, You know, for me, where we're located at, uh, those two things are relatively inexpensive. Now, I'm a big proponent of... um, utilizing some coccidia stats in that feed in order to control some of our our internal parasites um, that we'll deal with in a semi-confinement operation like we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we've opted to go with a a commercial pellet that we mix into, take it down to the feed mill, have it mixed up. um, And I believe that's running at like a 19... 18, 19% crude protein. Okay. Uh, and, and they'll stay on that until kind of that 60, 70 day point when those ram lambs leave, we'll adapt that creep feed for ewe lamb selection um, or our, our grow out phase. And then try to get those replacements and rams that we're looking at, at keeping or selling. Um, out on grass or at least on a very heavy forage diet at that point. So yeah, it's, it's corn and some protein pellet and 
Um, you, you know, it's you, running. Ma'am, that you're that you're feeding your creep too. Do you think as an adult weight they end up being heavier than uh, those that are just grass fed? Without that's creep? a good question. Yeah, I mean that's a really good question. I oh, we're getting into the weeds on on discussion in terms of you know what goes into maximize or optimizing genetic potential yeah i believe there are sheep that you know i i know that there are individuals that we can stunt nutritionally that has a long-term effect on both productivity and and um phenotype Mm -hmm. so if you starve an animal you can certainly stunt them to a point where they will not reach their total genetic potential for adult size or growth. Uh-huh. Um, I, yeah, I, that's, that's a fantastic question. Um, it really, the rate at which that growth occurs, I think is more important um, or should be the focus as long as it's, you're going through a phase of, of increase. Um, as long as they're always gaining weight, regardless of whether it's 0.2 pounds a day or 1.2 pounds a day. Um, and there's detriment to growing those animals too fast as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good, good question. I know we can reach, um, we can assist in reaching puberty or, or a time that those animals can be bred more quickly with some supplementation or, um, see, I don't like saying that because even even in your system, if I'm providing, I'm of the opinion, if I'm providing phenomenal forage, both in quality and quantity to those lambs and managing my parasite load, I can, I can grow you lambs out rapidly as well. Um, they just tend to fall short when we're thinking at the rate in which we can get them to an endpoint. So then would it would it be fair to say that the answer maybe or partly to should I creep feed or should I not creep feed is do you want those lambs to hit I don't know 90 pounds in 90 days or are you willing to wait six months for them to hit nine or 90 pounds? Yeah, I mean that's the big question. I can tell you right now if uh if we were not trying to get 60 pound lambs in 60 days mm-hmm. i wouldn't spend the money on the creep feed and push it as hard as what we're pushing it in those young lambs so it does um, somewhat go back to knowing what your market is yeah it's it's 100 marketing if i was only selling breeding stock um what you're talking about offering a kind of set amount of feed every day for say the time when they turn 30 days to the time that they're 90 days of age, for example. Um, I think there's definitely some advantages and had some discussions with people on when we think about the role of parasitism. I know we weren't talking parasites at the start of this, but when we think of parasitism, those larger animals have a, a better chance at being able to survive or uh, increased resilience in surviving that parasite infection. 
Yeah. And so there's kind of a thought of if I can get my ewe lambs a little bit bigger, if I if I want to rear them out on in a pasture setting, can we see some rapid early growth and turn out 75 pound ewe lambs on forage to manage um, our our grass and our pasture system? Do those animals have a better success rate or survival rate than the 35, 40 pound freshly weaned, you know, set of triplets that we just pulled off a of mom and kick them out on grass? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I because isn't there some research that is uh, connected to overall health as well as parasitism uh, that involves the nutrition? As far oh, as yes. like those, yes. those lambs that are, are nutrient deficient aren't don't stand near the chance that the lambs that are fed well. Yeah, and, and you have to think of that animal almost as a bank account. You know, they only have so much money that they can write a check for. Mm-hmm. And so you think the demand of that freshly weaned lamb the number of checks that they've got to write and hope that they don't bounce it can be, you know, astronomical. Um, we start to throw environmental effects. So parasites, other uh, illness, other disease, um, you know, stressful events. So like weaning itself is extraordinarily stressful. This lamb has a, a need to grow its body knows it has to grow to achieve reproductive function Uh and at the end of the day that is their goal as an animal is to to grow to um, be reproductively sound and um, you know find that mate get bred carry that pregnancy and produce offspring for the next generation you know inherently that is what they are wired to do um now some would argue that you know their sheep aren't wired to do that and they're only wired to have problems but um you know you just have to think early on i would like to minimize the number of checks for example that that lamb has to write right off the bat and if i can you know running with that same analogy whether it's good or bad you know, if we can wait until maybe they've got more money in that bank to spend, they've got more um, you know, fat store, additional size, you know, total capacity to, to consume that forage. Um, that's when we start to maybe minimize or mitigate the negative effects out in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just something to, to think about. Um, I just know kind of my opinion on rearing lambs out on pasture, um, especially lambs that I know I'm going to market long-term. I would rather use a more efficient in terms of input and gain of lamb. Um, Use something that's more efficient in in a confinement or a, in a dry lot sense and that forage that those market lambs are consuming uh, would rather have more use to consume that forage during a period of maintenance 
in the spring, summer, and fall. So that's that's kind of my big point on on that. Well, that makes a lot of sense. There's there's just no doubt about that. The uh, it's funny when you were talking about the is though a bank account. I'm I'm thinking well a lot of these you lambs kind of represent my bank account because they're pretty thin. <laughs> oh, great, great. <laughs> There's not a lot of excess in there. But all that does make sense. The, uh, I know, as, as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking, you know, we, we get some of these, uh, some of these late lambing groups. I start to wonder now, does it make any sense to creep feed them only because there's not much of a market by the time they're ready to go? Then maybe we just. Well, that's. Keep them, I think that let them grow a little slower because the next big marketing event is going to come, you know, in the winter months. Um, so I don't know that it would make a lot of sense to put a lot of money into them at that point. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the point that creep feeding is ultimately determined by your marketing option. Mm -hmm. um, it is a tool in which you can change the rate of time. To market, meaning if I offer supplementation via creep feed, I can speed up that growth rate. I can help to optimize or maximize that genetic potential for early pre-weaning growth. Yeah. And if I need, I'm getting paid by the pound on those market lambs. Mm -hmm. Every pound of additional gain that I can get being expressed through their genetic potential uh, is money in my pocket. I'm already paying for the genetics. I might as well assist, I guess, pay an additional portion to make sure I'm getting my money's worth out of those mm -hmm. genetics. Um, yeah. And, and maybe that's another, another topic for another day on kind of milk output and, and production uh, in selecting our replacement females. But yeah, it's, it's all marketing outcome and what you're trying to shoot for. I tend to agree with you on those late lambs. If we don't have a, when we think of our standard or our traditional marketing options. Yeah. We're not going to have a, a strong ethnic market available for those, you know, 60 pounders. Uh, then they don't need to grow as rapidly as what their early spring or, or winter counterparts did. So, so yeah, so, you're exactly right. So to summarize, <clears throat> I, I and I could be a Penn State extension agent at this point because to creep or not to creep, it depends. It depends. Exactly. It depends. <laughs> that's the, yeah. That's the famous extension answer. Yes. One hundred percent. And the sad thing is, you know, you get tired or people get tired of hearing it. Um, but it's you know, I'm not gonna have a Nobody's going to have a black blanket answer for yeah. you know, what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, you know, when you're talking, it's, it's a group of people and you know, even on this platform, you don't know who's going to listen to it. And it yeah. may, you know, someone he might hear it and say, Oh, I can never create feed because X, Y, and Z. It's mm -hmm. like, you're exact. And you bring that point up and it's, you're exactly right. Yeah, you shouldn't it, be doing that. It is so, about your, it is about your context. Yep, 
Everybody's Definitely. farm is going to be different. So, well, I see we're running out of time here. So it's been great chatting with you. And we thank everybody for listening again to the Grazing Sheep Podcast. Be sure to follow. Uh, we're now not only on Spotify, but also on Apple. So you can check us out there. So it's good catching up with you, Cam. You too, Tom. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.